Today's scripture comes from the book of Mark, the first chapter, beginning with the fourth verse. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from the heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. Word of God, Word of Life. Be seated. God's grace and peace to all of us gathered today, amen. Before we dive into the Gospel of Mark, as Pastor Kristen told us, I want to go back for a minute to the words at the beginning of Luke's Gospel. The angel says, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to their Lord God. With the spirit and power of Elisha, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Before John is even born, the angel of God speaks about his purpose. And today we actually hear that that purpose was made true. John is in the wilderness, resembling the prophet Isaiah in his garb and words, just as the angel promised, calling people to get ready for Jesus to come. I want you to think back to your childhood. I actually think this is a really important role of parents and godparents. If your parents are still living, it would be worthy and fun to ask them, what were you like as a kid? What did you love? What did you just naturally do? If you're a parent or a grandparent or a godparent, mention this to your kids because you are around them a lot. Who are they and what are they just do naturally? I remember asking my mom about this and she said in a minute, honey, you were always writing poems about bugs. Okay, 
I have yet to publish a book on poetry, and I can guarantee you I did not write a haiku about the stink bud yet this morning in January that flew from the window to the bathroom mirror, which made me shriek. But maybe there is something within this that I need to consider. We often say that a calling is like the prescribed place to the person or company who signs our paychecks, but it's bigger than that. The work for which we get paid or not paid is only part of a calling. A calling is who we are, the fingerprint on our heart. What is the passion? What do you naturally do well? What are you drawn to? So of course, this can be work but it can also be how we show up in all areas of our lives. And that's worth consideration today as we hear about the specific calling of John to be who he was created to be. What is your calling? We're holding a lot today. We're juggling a lot. The season of epiphany and as Pastor Kristen said, we remember the Magi who were foreigners who observed and noticed so intently that they saw a star rising and they felt a nudge to follow that. So they looked to the sky to find where Jesus was while they were navigating all this complexity of fear and the oppressive power of a king so jealous that even a baby may hold more power than he. And yet those magi heeded their specific call to go, to find, and to honor. And they brought gifts with them. And don't you think that Mary and Joseph needed to be affirmed that the magi came and found them? So Mary and Joseph could know that their call to birth and parent Jesus was also a holy and true calling. The Magi were people who Mary and Joseph could never have expected to come. And so once again, it's story by story. We hear that people, including us, have a specific role in this unfolding story of God. And also today, this baptism of Jesus, which would not have happened without John living out his calling. The Son of God stood in line and walked into the city water of the Jordan, was submerged and washed with all the people who had come that day. And we will continue to notice in this gospel that words are written and edited like a scalpel to cut through only what needs to be said. And after Jesus was baptized, Mark tells us that the heavens were torn. They weren't open, they were torn. And the Spirit came down like a dove entering Jesus, and God spoke, this is my Son, my beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. Those heavens were torn 
a word that conveys to us that they can't be stitched back to their original fit. God is tearing through to come into this world in the same spirit that created everything that we know is within Jesus as he takes each step. I think it's okay if you're startled a bit to consider that God is loose in the world even now. And it began with an individual call that John set in motion. God created him to do it even when his parents were old in very unlikely conditions. It's a lot to consider all this in the first week of this new year. But your calling is no less important than John's. Your specific work as meaning, meaning, menial or as enlightening is preparing the way for Jesus to be revealed in this world. I think we downplay our specific gifts as meager or ordinary. And we even spoke this in our confession just moments ago. We downplay others and forget to see God's spirit within their hearts, hearts that are different than ours. You see, this sense of calling and figuring it out, it's hard work, and it evolves over time. Perhaps you've already heard these words attributed to Marianne Williamson and often attributed to Nelson Mandela, who used this quote. Our deepest fear is that we, if our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. At every baptism at Mount Olivet, we, the community, speak a promise to that person and we say, we promise to know and celebrate your call in the world. It's not a nicety, it's a promise. And maybe that's enough for today to consider what you are called to do in your life and to honor the light that is within you. The spirit, the call of each person, you included and everyone you encounter, this is holy work. And Jesus' grand entrance in the Gospel of Mark is not grand at all. God spoke, the Spirit came, and it was right in the middle of everything human that day. It didn't start with a blank page, a brand new year, but a world already in motion with all its bumps and bruises.
God cannot stay away. And God isn't looking for a perfect world or a perfect life in which to come. In fact, God is choosing the fur-wearing, bug-eating, wilderness types today we hear, called in such a unique way to be a part of this story. The world so needs what you are meant to do and who you are meant to be. That's really why we come and worship, to keep wrestling with this. How are you being invited? What are you already doing that is holy and enough? And what about the people around you? How are you honoring and acknowledging and noticing their uniqueness and the call within them? Because we all need encouragement. This isn't a time to play small. And we cannot miss today that Jesus is right there within humanity as he is called. So come along just as you are as we're all figuring it out because the beginning starts today. <laughs>